Welcome everybody to episode 5 of the Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host Matt, along with me are my co-host Drew. Hey everyone. And our other co-host Tommy. What's up? So this is our final episode, our final E3 coverage episode. The last episode we did was getting a little bit longer, so we decided that Nintendo had such a good conference and some really interesting stuff, we decided to go ahead and just folded over into this episode for part three and so i'm really excited to get talking about this i kind of like that we decided to do this separate because overall i think the nintendo direct conference was surprising to a lot of us because they they pulled out a lot of really good stuff so drew is going to kind of lead us through what happened at the nintendo conference so drew take it away man nintendo if you don't know Every single one of us, I think I can speak and say this, love Nintendo. Um, I think, I think, I I don't know, for me, that was my first console. Like, I remember playing, like, the original Mario and the original Zelda when I was really little uh, on the, you know, NES. Um, Tommy, what about you? Have you been playing Nintendo since, like, forever? Yeah, since I can remember. I don't think we owned a NES or SNES, but we definitely owned a 64 and the Mm. original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. What's weird is I remember I can remember the NES really well because like Duck Hunt and yeah. the original oh, Zelda man, and the original gun. Super Mario, but like and I knew we had a Super NES, but like I don't have as many memories playing that outside of Yoshi's Island. Oh yeah. Um, but like I Nintendo, when I think of like my first really solid memories of video gaming was from like the nintendo 64 era like i can look back to to the nes and super nes but like the first time that i kind of could grasp like this is something i'm gonna enjoy the rest of my life was like that super like that the nintendo 64 kind of era so yes love some nintendo i lied i I was totally a sega kid growing up oh man (laughs) you know i used to love going to see my cousins um, in mm-hmm. Alabama because they had a Sega Genesis and we'd play yep. Sonic and I it was yes. just so different and I remember that being like one of my favorite highlights because it was just so cool so oh yeah I think I even bought one like from Rhinos do you remember the oh the store, Rhinos the game store called <laughs> yes. Rhinos I bought like the it was a Genesis three it was an, a Sega Genesis but it was like really really small and I bought it s- specifically because I loved Sonic and and that's that's how I got the the Sonic and Knuckles with the cool flip up where you s- put the old games in you could play as Knuckles so cool oh yeah oh man Sonic man Sega that's a whole other episode because Sega <laughs> how the mighty have fallen Sega um, <laughs> I like have some great memories of. Back then, you know, we grew up in a house. I remember having an NES when we were little. I remember having, I remember getting the Super Nintendo. Matt, you're probably younger. I remember getting that for Christmas and playing Yoshi's Island like crazy. And, um, but let me ask you guys this question to knock us off. Because first off, Nintendo had a great conference this year. I would actually say out of all the conferences, Nintendo had more, for me personally, had probably more surprises I didn't see coming. Um, and then some of the games I knew they were going to show off ended up looking so much more interesting than I ever thought they would have been, which I don't know why I'm surprised. I felt like Nintendo is one of those companies, like sometimes I'm like, oh, Nintendo, you don't have the best graphics and you have these really weird ideas, but then I'll see some of their games and I'm like, holy crap, this looks amazing. Uh, so, but let me ask you guys start us off before we dive into that. Um, I think Nintendo 64, for pretty much anyone who plays video games, was probably a pretty 
iconic era, especially if you're our age. So my question is this, what is your favorite N64 game? Like if there's a game that you just loved beyond anything else on the Nintendo 64, what was it? Um, my initial thought on that, you know, without giving it much thought, is just Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I think that's just, when I think of a Nintendo 64, that's the game that my mind goes to because it was just such a masterpiece for the time. And it was it was one of those first, like I remember Mario 64 and that were the first like full full 3D games I remember playing that just was blowing my mind that we were able to like walk around like that. Um, and it's just, what also blows my mind is as a kid, and I don't remember, I don't know what year it came out, but like we, we had it when it first came out and whatever age I was, I beat that entire game. And now I have it on my 3DS and I play it and I'm like, how the heck did I beat this game at that age? <laughs> this is a hard game. And like the even the 3DS version, I was playing something and I got stuck on one of the earlier temples because I forgot where I was supposed to go and I couldn't find the person to say, hey, go talk to this guy to start this quest. And I was just running around like, I forgot how I I forgot how to find the Gorons. I know they're over here somewhere, but where where's the entrance to like the Gorons and whatnot? And I was like, I beat this game. I beat the dang Water Temple as a kid. Like, like super goal right there. Like, I, I feel like I got a huge achievement before they even did achievements just because of playing that game and beating that game all the way to the end. And so that's that's when it comes to N64. That's where my mind goes straight to 100%. So I think I'm just gonna go with that as my yeah. And it is interesting you say that because it's like these are like the days of like um, player guides. Like the books actually were really useful because like, you know, nowadays I was thinking about this. I just started playing Final Fantasy 15 and like it kind of it kind of takes your hand and walks you through like the first few missions, lets you kind of understand the world. I kind of have a time just like three in there, like figure it out. Good luck. <laughs> um, I, I remember as a kid being so frustrated I couldn't get that dang gate to open to let me go up the mountain. Uh, and then oh, yeah. when I would run up it, like, lava blocks would come down trying to kill me. Um, but, yeah, Ocarina of Time, man, classic game. Some some people consider it the best game ever. Um, I, I don't know about that, but it's it's definitely good. Tommy, what about you, man? Uh, I'm torn. I'm a little split uh, between Donkey Kong 64. Oh, yeah. man, that was yeah. a good uh, one. 007 GoldenEye. Mm. GoldenEye I, I was my second choice. Yeah. Yeah, GoldenEye was, man... I remember, like, I think it was the first experience, like, couch co-op. I know we've been saying that a lot. That's, like, a newer term. But just, like, the, you know, screen peeking, split screen, like, slaps only. Um, Having your two older brothers team up on you because they know where the good guns are. Yeah, that (laughs) happens. Yeah, well, you know, it makes you stronger. Um, It is crazy (laughs) you said Donkey Kong. Like, Donkey Kong... I remember playing Donkey Kong in the Super Nintendo, but, like, it hasn't seen a 3D game or a new game in a long time either. Um, it's been a while yeah mm-hmm. that was a good game though yeah any thoughts on 64 before i tell you mine tommy or matt anything else to add i, I think i have a guess on what yours is what do you what do you think it is i i think it is a zelda game but i don't think it's the one i picked you're right so for yes. me personally probably my favorite maybe my favorite game of all time is the legend of zelda majora's mask and <laughs> It's if so you've never weird. played it, they made a 3DS port. It is a weird game. It is a very different Zelda game, um, and it's pretty dark. Like, I'm, I've, been, I've been replaying it on my 3DS, and um, it's pretty dark. And I was reading a theory the other day that maybe Link's dead in it, and like the entire game is him going through like 
the the stages of grief and like accepting that he's dead and it actually kind of makes sense which is kind of terrifying like it's a dark game even like even what the game like the whole premise of the game is you know you're in this world and you have three days before the moon crashes into the world and kills you and everyone else and you keep replaying the three days over and over and over again um tommy did you play this game by chance you ever played majora's mask oh yeah until it got (laughs) stolen until it got stolen oh man it's definitely worth stealing though i'm not saying it should steal but it's a great game (laughs) i guess if you are going to steal one game that is uh, i mean it was gold and the front was holographic yeah like Mm -hmm. well and like it's it's like good looking game it was my 13th birthday okay guys my 13th birthday and like i remember it as clear as day that i got it and you had to like get the little like graphics expansion thing for the 64 to even play it and I remember I got it for my birthday, and I remember it was gold, had a holographic um, kind of cartridge on it, and it just blew my mind. And uh, still probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like, man, Nintendo just makes these some pretty amazing games. And, uh, yeah, so that's great. So I guess diving into the conference, man, we all love Nintendo. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably like Nintendo or have some memories of nintendo we're gonna walk through what all they announced starting off the very first thing nintendo showed out i do want to say they didn't have an actual in-person conference they did a nintendo direct um so this was all over the internet right matt i mean they were there at e3 demoing yeah, everything but they didn't rent out a big conference because miyamoto was at the um ubisoft uh, the one right ubisoft but they yeah I, I don't it was it was um not act they they were there doing stuff but the actual direct nintendo direct conference wasn't like live it was pre-recorded and they streamed it through whatever they used um i can't remember if it was on twitch or maybe i just watched it on twitch but yeah they just they just put it out there and streamed it so kudos to them because i mean they're probably saving like a few million dollars between production and running out of venue just doing that over the internet and then being there but um yeah, so the first they're kind of do it they're kind of t- doing this this idea that a lot of the studios are starting to do when when they're you know bypassing these big announcements by just you know using twitch or using whatever to to just go directly to the gamers to show off stuff but like nintendo does it like They'll be like, yo, a Nintendo Direct's coming up, like, today, and it's gonna be about Pokemon. You're like, okay, I'm gonna stop everything and watch it, and it's, like, eight minutes long, and you're just like, cool, I know what's going on. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what they did with the Switch. Like, we knew we were getting something, (laughs) but they were literally like, yo, next week, or, like, three days from now, we're gonna do a Nintendo Direct, and they were just like, yo, this is the Switch, it comes out in three months, and we were all like, what? What is this? So, like, they definitely do their own thing, and I I do think it works for them. I appreciate that Nintendo kind of does their own thing uh, across the board. Like, they're just not like Sony and Microsoft in so many ways, but, like, they've just been doing it so long. It's awesome. So, anyways, the the Direct started off, and we we, we saw several games. Uh, The first one we saw was Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I can't tell you much about it besides it's a Japanese role-playing game, RPG, if you've ever seen one. Um, I've heard the at Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one was really great. Um, I don't know anything about this game besides it looks pretty. It kind of has an anime vibe. Um, have mm. either of you guys played any of the Xenoblade games at all? Nope. No, it's. It, I think it's one of those games that like you hear about and you're like, that's got a big following. And I know the first one was good, but I've just never got around to playing it. I'm sure I'd enjoy it if I did, but nah. Yeah, yeah. So it looks great. I mean, if you're definitely into that, you'll definitely like that. It looks, it looks really cool. It looks very much like a Japanese role playing game. You know, dig into it, and uh, 
everything else. The second thing they announced was actually that there's a Kirby game coming for the for the Switch, uh, which is exciting to hear that they've got you know titles working the Switch. It's probably one of the the weaknesses right now for the Switch. I'd say is you don't have too many games. It's definitely getting ba- better. At, at this point, we've got Mario Kart. I think they just released like a boxing game called Arms and some other things. So they're definitely getting some more. But it's nice to see some of these you know, iconic Nintendo characters like Kirby is getting to come to the Switch. So Kirby for the Switch is coming. Um, they didn't really tell anything, not even a title. They just said it's coming for the Switch. It looks really cute, really Kirby-like. You mm-hmm. suck in things and you become them. It's a little bit terrifying if you, like, think about it a little bit too much, but you just can't do that. Um, well, there's a joke somewhere in there. There is a joke somewhere <laughs> in there. What do you guys think about Kirby? Y'all like Kirby? Oh, yeah. Kirby's fun. Like, I... Every Kirby game I've played is always fun. It's always I remember playing them as a kid and just always trying to find the cool enemies to see what what kind of power you'd get from them. And I think you mentioned this, Matt, that they had like you could like in the gameplay it showed Kirby like he like sucked in like an ice monster and then a rock monster and became like one of those curling stones or something like that, <laughs> which is kind of funny and cute. So it looks like there's like companions that you can befriend. And they have powers, and so you will get your powers like normal, and it looks like you combine it with these little companions that you've made. But that was the one that literally made me laugh, because he had ice powers, or he had rock powers, and his little companion had ice powers. And so they combine, and he turns into... Because Kirby can, does the whole turning into a rock when he's got rock powers. And he turns into like a curling stone from like the Olympics. And just <laughs> it hits the ground and just slides through the enemies, and it was so funny. Man. Yeah, I don't really understand curling at all, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, and I do know the rock animation, but I only know that because of Smash Brothers. You just hit down B and smash people <laughs> terribly. Um, so those are the first two things. And the, probably the first big announcement that Nintendo announced came from uh, came from Game Freak. And if you don't know, Game Freak is the developers behind the Pokemon series. Um, and this was a little weird, if I'm be honest, because it just had like I, I don't even know who it was. It was one of the main developers, maybe the head developer, and he's like sitting at his desk, and it looks like he's like drawing or something. And then he like looks up, he's like, "Oh, hello there." It's almost like a Mr. Rogers feel. Like that's kind of what I got. Uh, but the whole announcement basically was just to say this: that they're saying, "Hey, we're working on a Pokemon RPG for the Nintendo Switch," which is huge news. And we talked about this. Um, you know, maybe an episode two back talking about yeah, it was part of our predictions. Nintendo. Uh, I don't. They didn't say anything besides that. And if you ended up watching the thing, you would notice that you know it was a little odd. But it's exciting news because his exact words were, "We're working on a Pokemon RPG." And if you play Pokemon games, they're all RPG games. Um, and you know, that's all we don't. We have a ti- We don't have a title. We don't have a timeline. We don't have anything. It's probably going to be a solid year at least, if not even more than that. I mean, I would imagine we're probably going to hear about this next E3. If I, I can't imagine hearing about it before, Tommy, what do you think about Pokemon on the Switch? Yes, please. That's. I mean, that's all I got. Uh, I'm excited for it. I really want to switch, as you know, I've stated several times on this podcast. I'm sure already. Um, because essentially the Switch to me is what the 3DS should have always been. I can see and that. And I could almost think, you know, personally, I, I would not be sad if they dissolved the 3DS and just combined them. I mean, yeah. I, like, why not? Like, what is stopping today's technology from the Switch being also your main portable machine? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's a that's a good question. I It wouldn't bother me. I love my 3DS, but... 
at this point in the 3DS's history, man, there's like a million games that are amazing, and I don't own half of them. So they could start focusing only on Switch stuff, and I'd still have a ton of library to get through. Matt, what do you think? I, I initially thought, um, just talking about the whole Switch with and 3DS, I initially thought with the Switch being portable that they were going to kind of rather quickly stop support for the 3DS um, but then, like a month later, they come out with a new 2 DS. So I think I don't think it's gonna go away because the the I mean we're we're adults and we play on our 3DSs and you know it's it's there's a big demographic for that. But the 3DS is mostly a very, much younger demographics and that younger demographics aren't gonna be they they might have a Switch but they're much more willing to be lugging around a 3DS or a 2DS now. Um, around than the uh, really expensive switch so i can see them still supporting it and coming out with simpler games because i mean they are it's still going to be cheaper than a switch even the games but with pokemon totally down i think that was the one thing i was like they may mention it but we're for sure not getting it yeah like this year so i i it's one of those things we all knew they were going to be making one if they weren't already making one, but it's just, there's just something incur- super encouraging and relieving to know, uh, that they looked at us and just like, stop. It was so weird because it's literally like a guy in the middle of the conference, just working on drawing some, some Pikachu <laughs> and stuff. And then he just looks up and he's like, well, Hey there. Yes, we are doing Pokemon for the switch, like a full length RPG Pokemon, nothing weird. It's going to be Pokemon. And then that was it. It was like 30 seconds. And I just was like, cool. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think, Tommy, you hinted at this, like, you would go buy one tomorrow if that was coming out tomorrow. Um, yes. But, you know, for instance, like, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I remember playing X and Y. That had been the first Pokemon game I'd played in a very long time. And it was, like, this breath of fresh air to me for the series. Like, so many, like, the graphics and the way it did, it was very much Pokemon. It was very much, like, me playing Blue and Yellow when I was a kid on mm. my original Game Boy but so fresh at the same time. And I think it'd be great, man. I mean, I've been talking about wanting to have a mainline Pokemon game on a console that could actually do something with it for a long time. So I hope they can hope they can deliver something unique. Can I, can I pitch what, like, I won't... Like, I, I would love it to be, and I don't know if this will be it, but, like... I don't think Nintendo's some, listening, but sure. Do, I don't go think Nintendo's <laughs> listening, too, but, like, this is what I want in a Pokemon game, especially on the Switch. I want the, the like... We take the graphics that have majorly improved from X and Y and then Sun and Moon um, and just keep going, do the next step of that. And But what I won't, and I don't think they'll do this, but like you know how in the, the anime is still going on with Ash, and every time Ash you know, does a competition, which is you know the equivalent of the Elite Four from the game, he goes to a new region and he just kind of starts over. I want them to take like the first three... Um, regions and let you start out in the original Gen 1 play through that entire region and when you finish the Elite Four you get to go to Johto and they like so you have this entire new region with new Pokemon and so what you have to do is you have to like put your strong super strong Pokemon from the first generation away and you kind of have to start over and then as soon as you finish that region and do all the fun exploring and stuff you unlock the next region but then you unlock your other pokemon again so like you're slowly literally doing the original catch phase of gotta catch them all because you're getting to go to every region but it's not like super boring because you know 
once you beat the game, if you were just go to another region with your level, you know, 70 Charizard and stuff, it's not going to be as fun. But like kind of starting over and getting a new starter and going through that journey. And then when you finish, you've got your team from the last um, region that you can kind of mix and match and go through everything again. That's to me, that would be something unique and something really cool to be able to go revisit those places and these really cool high quality graphics and stuff. Yeah, that I think that would be I think that'd be neat too. I think like for instance, I think what Breath of the Wild has done for the Zelda franchise, and I'll I'll very much say this, as much of a Zelda fan as I am, I think Breath of the Wild's the best Zelda game ever. Um it's a masterpiece of a game. Um and it just took the the central idea of like the original game and it turned it into something unique. Um I think an open world like Pokemon game would be wild. Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's just the Kanto region or or a region, but I mean you can go anywhere and you know you need Pokemon to you know surf and stuff like that. I think that would be crazy. Um I don't know man, like I there there's just so many different directions they could take it in and I think that's really cool. Tommy, what do, what do you what would you like to see in Switch Pokemon or Pokemon Switch? <laughs> Gosh, Whatever that's going to be named. That. What if that's what they name? Do you remember what we? Do you remember the era we were in, like the Nintendo sixty four era, where every game was just something sixty four? Yeah, Mario sixty four. It wasn't that era. It's Nintendo, because then it was Super Smash Brothers Wii or Mario Wii, and then Super Mario Wii U or whatnot. (laughs) You're not. And then they just started doing Apple's thing and throwing new in front of everything. New Super Mario. New this. You don't sound better. I mean, Sorry, Tommy, we cut you off. <laughs> well, to go on to, to, to tag on to Matt here real quick, at least they're not releasing their third edition and calling it the one Xbox. Oh, looking at true, valid, true, true, valid. But listen, they've been building up for years to add that X, so it's abbreviated Xbox, <laughs> man. That's been the it's. They were they were playing the long game, guys. <laughs> the, long, the long con. Hey, side note on that real quick. Evidently, I was reading an article about Phil Spencer. Evidently, Phil Spencer said that one of the reasons they didn't go with Scorpio, because they almost did, which would have been sounded a lot cooler, um, was that it just couldn't trademark worldwide. And I don't think about things like that because I don't work in the corporate world. Oh, that's but I can, ima- I can imagine Xbox One X isn't because it's, I mean, yeah, anyways, that's a whole other story. Keep going, Tommy. What do you think? Pokemon <laughs> Switch. Switch Pokemon. The switching of the Pokemon. What would you like to see whenever this comes out? I don't know. Like, I, I just want it, period. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always game for something new. Matt, I actually really like your idea of... I really love the original. You know, at mm-hmm. least the first two generations are kind of my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember being a little kid and buying the books and, you oh, know, yeah. playing the mess out of those. So they got a special place in my heart. And I'd love to see some sort of mesh-up of uh, the first three gens... Um, I don't have any predictions because they could literally do anything that they want to. Yeah. And they will often do that. (laughs) I, uh, I'll tell you what I don't want though. I didn't really like the Aloha or Aloan or whatever variations of Hawaiian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of sun and moon. Uh, different type of Pokemon for hair. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I could use less of that. In this next mm-hmm. one, um, I, I was, I was, and I still haven't played Sun and Moon, so I don't have a very strong opinion. But like, based on the ones they announced and they showed off, I was not a fan of that at first, until I thought about the fact that, well, uh, really, until I realized they were doing it with a lot of Gen One Pokemon, and I realized, you know what? There's 700 
800, 900, however many Pokemon now. I'm, you mean you know, I don't. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need a hundred new ones. I'm kind of okay with them taking some of my favorites and yeah. being like, "This is a whole new side of the world." So these Pokemon have evolved and adapted, and like some of them are cool. With like, I thought Ninetales and Sandslash being ice were was really clever, but there were some dumb ones like Dugtrio or Dotrio. Or what was it? Um, it was Dugtrio, and he had yeah, the Dugtrio he had the had Beach Boy surfer hair. hair. That was, but like, I missed the, that one. Oh, really? It's oh, the yeah. most yeah. ridiculous thing. It's, it's I was ever. thinking about the executor one that was like the palm tree. That seemed a little oh, yeah. bit on the nose to me, but yeah. you know, and maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just looking at the better designed ones because the the, the ice variations of Nine Tails and Sandslash was clever, and I thought those were cool. So. Now, I love Sandslash. I did enjoy his, but here's the difference: you're an optimist, I'm a pessimist, so I'm always gonna look for the things that I hate. And I often forget to praise them for the things that I love. Uh, but as a whole, totally I balance love... each other out. Yeah. Um, Nintendo, just give me back my original generation. Uh, and let's go back to Team Rocket. Because once again, <laughs> uh, when I play Pokemon, it's not because I want a new story. It's because I want to pretend I'm a child and don't have responsibilities in the world anymore. Just for a couple minutes, please. Yeah, some of these plots are getting a little heavy. Like, oh, the cocoon of destruction from X and Y, and I'm gonna wipe off the world. And like, no, the Team Rocket was just still in Pokemon. That, Wait, that, let's go I back miss, to that. Did I miss something important from X and Y? What is a cocoon of destruction? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what I mean. Mention well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think what I'd like to see, and I, I said this many, but I think what I like to see in Pokemon, I like all y'all's ideas, and I, you know, Nintendo's going to deliver something. You know, I'd say. Two out of three times they deliver something great. Every now and then they get an oddball that's just like Nintendo. You tried, and I, listen, I love Nintendo for the very reason, and Game Freak for this matter too, because I feel like they're kind of, even though they're not Nintendo, they're kind of there with them. Like I, I appreciate that they're willing to try new things instead of just giving us, you know, the same Mario game or the same Pokemon formula again and again. You know, I remember even though. I think sometimes it works better than others, but I think like Pokemon, the story's never been a big thing for me. Um, mm. I think exploration um, a, and good simple RPG mechanics um, are really, and then just kind of like an in-game goal, like the Elite Four. I felt like the first game nailed it so simply. Just this simple story: you're trying to catch Pokemon to level them up so you can, you know, become the best there ever was. I could start singing the song, but I won't. I wanna be. But uh, who knows? I mean, I think it's gonna be great. We're we're obviously excited about Pokemon. If you can't tell on the Switch, whenever that comes out, I'm sure we'll all have a Switch or be getting a Switch. Um, there's My actually a game. Pokemon. Go ahead. All I want is them to finish making. You've said a lot of all I want when it comes. To I know. Pokemon, by the way. I, know. I I've just I've I'm, I'm all I'm... I want is my list of twenty demands to be <laughs> it's, met. It's not that hard. No, I'll take it back. I'll be happy if I just get the rest of the. Um, evolution types, like <laughs> finish them off. I want a dragon type Eevee. I want a flying type Eevee. I want a poison type Eevee. Then I'll be happy. There's only like five left. Just finish it off with one, and I'll be happy. I went All by right. I went by a gym today, Matt, that had nothing but different evolutions in it. Like in the gym, mm, thought about that's you. Cool. Um, so Pokemon, we love it. Um, I will say this last thing I'll say about Pokemon. I keep thinking about it. we love Pokemon, but um. And I know I've said that already, but uh, 
I thought in X and Y, them giving you one of the original starters was great. And I feel like they've been doing a better job of, like, fan service on that element. Like, when mm-hmm. I was able, by the way, Squirtle is the best Pokemon ever. Uh, yes. When I was able, when I was able to get Squirtle. Lies. Charmander lover you. When I was able to get him in X and Y, like, you know, it was a great game. It was fresh, but it felt like it was just, like, it was just fan service. All, all it was. But I would love to see more of that, too. Um, oh, yeah. For so, the first time in any Pokemon game, I chose a water starter and not a fire starter because I was told after the first gym, you get one of the Gen 1s. And I was like, all right, well, I'm getting this cool Greninja Pokemon, which is a water ninja frog, and I'm going to get my Charizard, and we're just going to destroy. That was one of the reasons I picked up X and Y, actually, is because uh, I think it was you, Matt, told me that you get, like, after you pick your regular starter very early yeah, in the game, gone. you get one of the original starters and i was mm-hmm. like all right i'll i'll do that and that was right when i first bought my 3ds i was glad i did it was a great game um, my wife's Good playing investment. through it right now she loves it um all right any other pokemon thoughts before we move on we got all of that conversation from a, <laughs> from guy, a guy sitting at the camera <laughs> and saying yo we're making pokemon okay bye Let's also be honest that Nintendo is the only company that could do that. We got Sony and Microsoft and Bethesda and Ubisoft with these big flashy like trailers and everything else. Nintendo's like, man, we should probably say something about Pokemon. All right, just grab the camera. Let's go down to the studios. All right, hey, just just say it's coming, and then we're gonna talk for like almost twenty minutes about this guy just saying, hey, by the way, it's it's coming to the Switch. Um, they they do a mic drop early and then they come back out and pick up the mic to do the next mic drop. Yeah, mentioning of mic drops. Uh, the next, the next thing they said after this was that happens, which people were excited about, and it's interesting because, like we said, um, there's no title or anything else. It wasn't even a trailer or anything. It was just a guy saying, "Hey, this is going to happen." Uh, and then the probably the biggest holy crap happened of maybe all of E3. So the screen goes black, and all you see is a is a spacescape scene. And it pans out, it looks like a nebula, and as you pan out, the nebula turns into the Metroid symbol. And you see Metroid Prime 4 appear. And it's like maybe six seconds. And that's all it is. It says Metroid Prime 4 in development. I think it may have said at the bottom or mm-hmm. coming soon or in progress now. Um, mm-hmm. And man, I you know, I felt like I heard more people, you know, E3 predictions when I was listening around on, you know, different gaming websites and different podcasts and stuff. I felt like there were more predictions that were kind of like, ah, new metroid game would be awesome as in like that was the one thing that wasn't going to happen and all these people yeah this is like like metroid had kind of become the last guardian uh for for some people's like they've been talking about it or (laughs) it's dead like samus has gotten fat she doesn't fit in the suit anymore um you know but here it is metroid prime 4 um and, and on top of that just to mention this and they didn't mention this till even after the uh the Nintendo Direct, but you know, there's been this big debate among the Metroid community whether the next Metroid game should be kind of a return to roots and be a 2D game, like on the original NES and Super NES, or should it be like Metroid Prime, which was like uh, GameCube? Is that right? Or is it, yeah, GameCube? No, it was GameCube. It was a GameCube, yeah. Metroid Prime on the GameCube, and then Nintendo's like, you know what? What about both? So we have Metroid Prime 4 coming to the Switch in 3d metroid prime style and then we've got metroid samus returns which is actually a remake of metroid 2 on the original nes 
that's coming to the 3DS, which is a side-scroller, which is almost done. I don't know exactly when it's coming out, uh, but it's going to be out pretty soon. Um, it looks really great. Um, what do you guys think about Metroid? Yes. I second that. Yes, please. It, we don't know much about it, but, I mean, way to just throw something out there and be like, you know, way to pull a, uh, way to pull a Sony and just throw a big name out there and be like, yeah, it's not. we're not even started on it yet, but we're doing it. You get excited, fanboys. We know you want to. And so, like, it's cool. I think it was cool they just did, they didn't, they did, it was not, it's very not Nintendo because they like to, like, show stuff off even if it's not much and so you expect to see like samus jump up jump up on the screen or something but no it was just literally space and you hear the original metroid prime like menu music and then you just see a four and you're like what's four and then metroid prime four is like what that's happening i'm in so yeah it's interesting like i mean i remember playing metroid prime the original one i don't know if i ever played two or three i know it was really great but i remember thinking it was just such a well-done game um i love that you could scan things like that was one of my favorite things is like you could walk around and you had like a scan visor you could like scan like stuff that was going on and kind of read about it and figure out what was going on that was really clever um it's just really great game tommy you got any like fond memories of playing metroid games at all um, I mean, I played it as a kid. I'm kind of with you. I, I remember playing it more when I was younger than as an adult. Uh, I kind of, you know, I, I go through phases for video games where I'm in yeah. and out of what's current. And uh, when Metroid got re-released on GameCube, I was kind of phasing out at that point. Um, but I'm excited for it. I'm actually more excited for the 3DS side-scroller version. I mean, I love... The old side-scrolling Metroids and like Mega Man, yeah, um, kind of in that same vein. Yeah, it's cool too because, and I, I looked this up. The 3DS one is actually going to be coming out on September 15th, so not very long at all. Um, and you guys should definitely go check out. They showed some gameplay, I think, at a Nintendo Treehouse Live later on in the week during E3, um, and it looks great. It looks like it plays really well, and they've added some like. Uh, I guess just some more modern uptakes. Like, for instance, when you point the gun now, like, you have, like, it's almost like a, a laser beam sight so you can see where you're aiming at distance a little bit better. And it, like, it doesn't necessarily slow it down anymore, but it turns, like, green when you're on target and red when you're not. Um, they've done lots of little things like that to kind of just quality of life to make the game look like it's going to be better. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be good. I think... I think Nintendo doing Metroid, it's just such a unique sci-fi universe that you don't see. Uh, it's just really cool. I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm kind of excited about the side-scroller too, Tommy, because I remember playing some of those side-scrollers, especially like on I think, the Super Nintendo, and thinking it's just really great gameplay. There's not, there's not a lot of that that's new coming out, at least that I've played recently in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. All right, next up, after Metroid... Uh, they announced that we have Yoshi for the Switch coming. Again, no title besides it's just Yoshi for the Switch. Um, I can be honest, this one looks like super cute. Um, it is like craft themed, so Yoshi looks like a little felt Yoshi. And uh, what's it called? Like when they've got like miniature scale, like di di diorama or something like that. Is that right? Like it's like a miniature version model of like a city or something yeah. like that made out of crafts. So it's like it's like that 
vibe. And they showed off just a little bit of it. I can be honest. I my wife actually just bought um, Yoshi's Woolly World like a few days ago, and she's been playing it nonstop. And it's like super cute. Like Yoshi made out of yarn and in this craft world. And uh, it it looks really. This game looks really cool. The the kind of the kind of catch this time, the new gameplay, I guess you could say, is it's a, it's a side, you know, typical platformer side scroller. You're collecting things type game, very Yoshi like. You throw eggs like normal. Everything else you expect from Yoshi games, uh, but the the neat thing is you play through the entire level, and then you actually play through it again from the backside, uh, which is really interesting because there are certain areas and certain things you only see from each side and then you have to remember certain things from when you played it on the front side to be able to do the back side it's this really interesting kind of duality that's going on um i, I saw it i saw a uh, demo of it uh on a treehouse live and it looks really really fun um you guys ever played any of the yoshi games at all like i remember playing super nintendo yoshi game that's been probably the last one i played yeah it, this one looks really good. Um, I definitely think this is going to be something that my wife is definitely going to want to play. Here's the deal. My wife is one of these gamers, and maybe some of you are like this, or maybe Tommy or Matt, maybe you are like this. She wants to collect every single coin. She wants to collect every single, like, like nope. we, we had to stop playing Lego games together, guys. It got bad, okay? Like, we'd play Lego games, and we couldn't go to the next level because we hadn't made sure we, we could break every single thing and collect every single stud. Um, I just had to let her have that because I'm like, come on, let's go you know continue the story and she's like no the we have to make sure these hydrants way <laughs> no listen but gosh she is the worst person to watch play skyrim <laughs> yeah skyrim because she's a of bit that. of a hoarder yeah she's a hoarder and she just sneaks around if if like she gets seen she just hides and we'll wait for literally like five minutes just to like be sneaky and i'm just like this is so boring to watch that's just a uh, dragon that's how i uh play alien isolation just well, I that's, hide the whole that's time. a little different though <laughs> that's how i play battlegrounds um, i just hide and hope i win um, <laughs> please circle come in on this building please but i will say like you know there are certain gamers they love collecting like all the things and yoshi has them like there's these flowers to collect um there are these different kind of coins you've got red coins you've got typical coins you've got you know all these different secrets to figure out um, and Yoshi games kind of, I think, have become this more of like this collectible platformer is maybe what you would identify it as. I don't know, but like that seems to kind of be its niche. It's kind of finding it's the ones that has all these secrets and all these little rooms and stuff to find. And um, I don't know. It looks really great. Like I at first when they were announcing it on the main thing, it was like, oh, man, it looks super cute. Uh, my wife's going to love this. And I like those kind of games, too, especially fun to play together. But uh, after I it watched really it, reminds bit, me of, um, it really reminds me of the Yoshi story, or Yoshi's Island from yeah. Super. And I think that's what excites me, because that was a su- super fun game. And I know they came out with uh, the, the one where he's like, um, not a sock puppet, but like a wool. Like a, like a yeah, it's yarn. Yarn, yeah. yeah. So he's like a yarn creature, and it was like Yoshi's Wooly World or whatnot. And I heard that was really good. I know, I think your your wife's played it some. Yeah. Um, but like it looks, I like the concept of there being two sides to everything. I do think that's a that's a fun little, you know, new mechanic because like everywhere you go, it's like, well, there might be a secret here. You yeah. don't know. We gotta look. And it's really neat too. Like 
like if you're interested in that, definitely check out the video because it's hard to explain. But there's a lot going on in it, so it's really cool. So Yoshi's coming for, for the Switch. Go ahead. I think for this and Kirby, the names are just it's just Yoshi and Kirby. I think they're not doing they're they're not doing the Yoshi Switch or Kirby Switch. I believe both of the names. You just think they're gonna be called are, Yoshi and Kirby? No, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I don't think they have unless and it might change because this one doesn't come out until 2018. I'm not sure when the yeah Kirby's, Kirby's game out. that's out to 2018 as well. I think um, I think it yeah, may just so it be might change. But I can, I and it, it probably is. But like at the same time, like with Nintendo going for these simpler naming conventions with like the new 3DS and the new new Super Mario Brothers, I can see them kind of starting fresh and just being like Yoshi on the Switch. This it's just Yoshi. Just, yeah. Just ask for Yoshi. It's gonna it to be. You. It's gonna be another good game. Uh, it definitely looks like it's gonna be good for being like portable games. So that's exciting. So Yoshi's coming for the Switch, which is gonna be great. Uh, then the next thing that they announced, that's coming out in 2018, like Matt just said, but next thing they announced was Zelda Breath of the Wild DLC is coming out. Uh, the, the lead designer came out and did this funny thing with the Master Sword, because he's from Nintendo and they do funny things. <laughs> where uh, did this come from? Where did this come from, yeah. So, the, the gist of this is that Nintendo has said since Zelda first came out that there was going to be DLC. Kind of a big deal, first Zelda game ever to have DLC, um, and that they announced at the conference kind of what was coming. The first DC DLC is actually coming out this coming Friday, June 30th. Um, so it's coming out yeah, June 30th. Yeah, so I'm actually probably going to be picking it up this weekend and checking it out. Uh, first off, I, am I the only one who's played Breath of the Wild? I, Matt, you've played a little bit, right? I've played a little bit on your Wii U, and it's the whole reason that I really, really, really want to switch. Yeah. Tommy, have you played like any Zelda? It's good enough just to buy a Switch just yeah, for it. Yeah, I'd agree. No, I've seen... Uh, I remember passing through my parents' house recently. My little sister showed me probably about five minutes of gameplay before I like passed out from exhaustion. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't played any. I, I really want to. I guess I think part of me is holding off because I think if I played at somebody's house... You can I'm buy the next have to go buy. Well, I've got the game. I don't have the Switch. <laughs> so I forgot you said you'd already bought it. Yeah. Um. And so I know that if I play it, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. My wallet's gonna be really light the next day. So. Well, holding next time out. you're next time you're at my place, I'll let you check it out. Don't do that it's, to me. It, it's don't so good, that. dude. It's so good. Listen. You need it, Tommy. Yeah, you so need the game. Breath of the Wild, masterpiece of a game. DLC coming out. Like I said, this coming Friday is the first DLC pack. Also, really reasonable. It's 20 bucks for the, the, the DLC season pass. And basically, they said there will be two DLCs. The first one is coming out June 30th, like I said. The next one is coming out this holiday season. They didn't give an exact date, but probably sometime around Christmas time. We can expect um the second yeah. dlc pack is only 20 bucks for both of those which is a lot better than some of these other season passes yeah i you know i've got no problem with expansion packs I'll, I'll pay for them for games that i love but i really appreciate like when titanfall did that too i think it was 25 bucks for all of the expansions i'll pay 20 dollars, 25 dollars for an expansion pack but if you charge me 60 bucks yeah i will put your mm. game away forever yeah, yeah. i th- yeah i'd agree with that um I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm hoping that trend is kind of leaning away that you end up paying twice the game for the stuff that you're not getting until a year after um mm-hmm. looking at you battlefield um so anyways back to zelda the first dlc pack is coming out june 30th it is going to be called trial uh, i think it's actually called um 
I don't know the exact thing, but it comes with a few things. Uh, Trial of the Swords, I think what the title of the thing is. And that's actually kind of the main feature it's introducing. It's introducing something called Trial of the Sword. And basically, you take the Master Sword and you put it back in the pedestal and you, like, disappear. And basically what it is, is it's like an endless dungeon. You start off on floor one with just your pants on. That's it. Uh, No (laughs) weapons, no nothing. Um, Just like you started the game out as. And you have to, like basically scavenge weapons kill enemies uh get gear all on that level kill all the enemies to go to the next level you start like with nothing like i said and then you get weapons you pick up stuff and as you go every floor gets a little bit harder has a little bit better gear drop and you it's basically kind of this survival mechanic built into this endless dungeon it kind of reminds me i don't know if you guys ever played wind waker but there was this uh, like mini dungeon in Wind Waker, which is a Zelda game that you could go to that was like endless. It was like 50-something floors deep, and it just got harder and harder bosses yeah, as yeah, you I went down. Um, it's kind of that idea, but it's got this survival element on top of it, which is really interesting. Because mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with the Zelda game, they introduced this whole survival element with like weapons break. Um, every weapon breaks in the game. You have to scavenge for like clothing to be warm. You have to cook some stuff to stay alive. So... It's really interesting. What do you guys think about like that kind of like a survival type mode challenge thing? I'm all about with games like that adding more stuff to do and, and especially something that's fun and different. And um, I, I also pulled it up. The, the first DLC is called The Master Trials. Okay, um, there we go. That's the, the one that's that's it was a, it's a little confusing because when you look everything up, they just they're just calling it the expansion pass, and it starts talking about the details. But the first one's called the Master Trials, and the one that comes out uh, later in the holidays is called the Champions Ballad. But, yeah, um, I, I like that. I like the, all the stuff that they showed. It, it's new stuff and fun, interesting twists and like harder challenges and. And then, you know, fun cosmetic stuff with, like, the new armor and stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm all about, like, being able to customize my character. That's big for me. I, I no, enjoy for that sure. kind of stuff. Um, Tommy, what do you think? I'm game for it, you know. I, I, love, uh, <laughs> I love Tommy's like, I'm good. Let's do it. Nintendo, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. I, there's, I'll be honest. There's nothing that Nintendo does that really upsets me outside of putting surfer hair on Doug Trio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like, there's uh, when it comes to video games, nine times out of ten, I'm I don't know. I'm willing to experience it, and until I do, and and it's bad. Yeah. Um, I try to remain hopeful because video games, uh, you know, are the uh, the crutch to take you out of yeah everyday life, and so. It's the one thing that I'll go into being hopeful that it's going to be awesome. So at this point, you know, and plus, I have a lot of faith in Nintendo. They've been doing this successfully for a really long time now. And um, it says a lot. And, yeah, there are mistakes made along the way. They're not perfect. There are things that they, you know, probably could do better or have done different or whatever. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I, I... I like what they do. I take it back. The only thing I don't like is how they manage 3DS downloads. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Uh, or, or podcast. That and Doug Trio's hair. That and Doug Trio's <laughs> well, hair. He's already said that. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, we're gonna lump those together. Um, don't you do that? <laughs> yeah, how you manage Nintendo? Fix these two things for me. 
change the way that you why. manage downloads and get rid of that stupid surfer hair off of Doug Trio. Just, you're so upset about it. Why would Tommy care so much about a bald creature now having hair? I just don't understand. <laughs> Look. Oh, that's funny. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so Zelda has got DLC coming out. Like I said, the Trial of the Swords coming out. The other thing is, Matt said there's a lot of cosmetics. For instance, Majora's Mask is coming in the game. That's really cool. Um, you can dress like Tingle if you like. I don't know why you would want to, but you can. Um, they've added a mask that helps you find Korok or Koroki. I don't know how to say that. Like the little, there are these guys. There's like 900 and something of these in this game. They're everywhere. I don't know how. I don't think anyone's found them all yet. But it's a mass that can help you find them. Um, when you they, find them all, you can go back behind Peach's castle and Yoshi's back. There. <laughs> Yoshi's That's back. What I heard. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and th- there's a few other little th- quality of life. There's something called Hero's Path mode. Basically, lets you see. I guess sort of maybe the last hour that you've been playing where you've walked. So if like you find something cool and can't can't find it again, you know where you kind of were at least, which is really great because the map is huge. Um, they also have these little things you can throw on the ground now called travel medallions that basically create like a like a, uh, a fast travel point to that spot, like a one-time fast travel point, which again, you find something cool in the world, that's great. Um, and then the last thing they added is they added Master's Mode, which is probably why it's called, what did you say that the DLC was called? Tri- Master Trials um, or something? The Master Trials, yeah. Yeah. So the Trial of the Swords is the first thing. It's like this kind of you know survival dungeon thing. And the other thing is there's Master Mode, which is basically... Uh, hard mode on top of the game so the basic idea of it is literally every enemy in the game is is scaled up a level and if you've played that makes sense like every enemy has like a base color level and then they get different colors get harder so everything's knocked up a color level um and they've got all sorts of new um harder difficulty type things coming to the game uh, including they've got all these things like floating in the sky, which is crazy. They've, they've got like these platforms held up by balloons, which is really interesting. Um, so overall, that's coming. The second DLC, like Matt said, it's called the Champion Battle. That's actually going to be a story expansion, which again is kind of a big deal for Zelda game. They've, we've never had like a story expansion outside of the game, but that's going to be a story expansion that's coming uh, based around the champions, uh, which are these characters in the story. I won't spoil anything, but they're just characters in the story. And uh Yeah. They're bringing Amiibos. That's the last thing they announced about Zelda. So, yeah. Woo! Fun it's gonna stuff. going to be good. And all uh, that's coming out before the end of the year, correct? Yeah, before the end of the year. So by the time you guys get Switches, you'll be able to get all of it, which will be pretty killer. I was just... I'm holding out, and I don't think this is happening because I see that the second one is DLC coming out in the holiday of 2017. But yeah. I was, like, hoping that, like, I could hold out to the end of the summer and, like, get... You know, because they're they're good about coming out with the game that already has both the expansions with it, like with the Witcher yeah. the year version that had both the expansions with it. Like, I like doing that, but I'll let's I'll probably have a Switch before that last one comes out, so I'll just well, have to pick it up. Yeah, the nice thing though is it's only twenty bucks for both of them, so that's not too terrible. Oh, yeah. compared oh, to totally others. worth it. Totally other news, other news for Nintendo. There's really only two other things. One's gonna be bigger than the other. But um, the first one is they actually announced that Rocket League's coming to the Switch, which is great. If you ever played Rocket League, hey. it's a really lot of fun. Um, I think all of us have probably played it before. Tommy, you played Rocket League. I know me and Matt have. Yeah, I actually played it. Uh, you introduced it me to it at your house, and it's okay, actually yeah. currently sitting in my Steam cart. Because uh, after this, I am probably gonna tear some of that up like tonight. 
Nice. Yeah, it's it's on sale on Steam right now for like almost, I think eleven dollars is definitely worth yeah. picking up. But it what's really cool about it beyond the fact that it's coming to Switch, which is cool, you get like some little Mario and Luigi like hats and stuff, which is neat. Um, and it'll be cool kind of on the go game. What's really great is it's actually um, it's cross platform, so you can play Rocket League um, and Minecraft. I think Minecraft's on the Switch now too. Both of those mm-hmm. games you can play with anybody that's on a PC, an Xbox, or a Nintendo Switch. Uh, everybody can play together. So, for instance, Tommy, if you got it on the PC tonight, I could jump on my Xbox and we could play together. And if Matt had it on a Switch, all three of us playing three different consoles, three different setups could play. We could all play together, which is just amazing. I know we're it's, all fans of crossplay. I was going to say, that we were just talking about that a couple episodes back. I am, bring it, bring it, Nintendo. Yeah. And, and you know, there's some. I think we're gonna mention this at the end. There's some. There's kind of some holdups on Sony jumping on board crossplay, and I think we're gonna talk about that at the end. But it's just, it's really neat to see that some studios are saying, "Hey, we want everybody to be able to play our game." And Rocket League is one of those great games that can be played. It's not like a shooter. Uh, you know, you don't have to have. It's actually better to play with the controller, I think. Um, but overall, really great news. Rocket League is gonna be a lot of fun on the Switch. Last bit of news that Nintendo announced and probably what we're going to uh, kind of wrap up Nintendo with is Super Mario Odyssey. So this is the next Super Mario game. If you know video games, period, you know who Mario is. The Italian plumber who lives the dream trying to rescue (laughs) uh, Princess Peach. Um, Get that kiss. (laughs) Get that kiss. Get the kiss when you you save the princess. Sometimes she makes you cakes. um, All sorts of things. So, Super Mario Odyssey, here's the rundown of it. It's actually coming out on October 28th, so pretty soon. I can go ahead and tell you that we will own a Switch, if not before October 28th, on October 28th, because my wife, when she saw this game, looked at me and said, we're getting a Switch to play that game. It looks really great. Um, This Mario game is very reminiscent of Mario 64 uh, and kind of Mario Sunshine that was on the GameCube, if you guys remember those games. Um, the mm-hmm. general the general vision for Super Mario Odyssey is very much like those games. Like you have these different kingdoms, these different worlds you're going to. Um, kind of like how you used to jump in the paintings in Mario 64. Like you have this ship this time called the Odyssey, and you go to these different kingdoms uh, and their levels, and you have to look for power moons, uh, which are basically like this equivalent game's equivalent of like stars. Um, uh, the main mechanic of the game, which is sounds really crazy, and when I tell you this, if you've not heard this news yet, it's going to be like, what? Um, is Mario can now throw his hat and possess things. Which, again, if you think about it too much, sounds a little creepy, but you basically can throw Mario's hat and grab coins and everything else. There's this new character called Cappy, which I get the vibe is kind of like a ghost hat. I don't really know for sure, but basically... I think it's, the ghost possesses your... Like a, like a yeah. boo-type ghost possesses your hat. Yeah, and I think that's, that's, that's right, how too. it's got the powers. So you can throw it and, like, possess things. I mean, from, you know little goombas to different things and this opens up all sorts of things even like the trailer actually starts off with the mario hat on a t-rex yes there are t-rexes in this game and mario possesses them yeah yeah it looks listen here's the deal it looks so strange and so wonderful um a few quick little notes on this game and then i want to hear matt and tommy what you think um Nintendo wrote an original jazz song for it, which is playing over the trailer, which is awesome. 
Um, there is no one-ups in this game, which is a departure for Zelda. I mean, a Zelda, oh. Mario. Um, definitely a departure from Zelda to have one-ups. Um, and Nintendo said the reason they didn't have one-ups, and there are no lifes for that matter, is they wanted to really emphasize exploration. The game's very exploration-based. Um, you lose coins when you die, um, and you actually do things with coins instead of just collecting them like in past games. You can actually... Uh, buy different outfits and different hats and different abilities kind of things in each world. Um, there's co-op, Tommy, which I know you're a big fan of and we all are. One person plays as Mario and one person plays as Cappy floating around, which is kind of funny. Cappy's invincible, so it's kind of this old school Sonic and Tails thing. You remember like when you're playing Sonic and Tails on the old school uh, Sega and you'd give the bad person Tails because Tails couldn't die? Um, I remember that. Maybe you guys don't. <laughs> I liked um, playing his tunnels because he could fly. And he couldn't die, so and that's good, too, because you're that's not that great too. sometimes. Um, just big brother, <laughs> like, being honest. I was like five. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, the demo looks awesome. Like here, Here's one thing I saw in the demo that really kind of showed how different of a Mario game this is but how cool it is. Um, in the demo... Mario was collecting some coins and he fell off a cliff that looked like the edge of the like the zone. So in any other Mario game, you know, you'd have like the Bowser face come in or whatever it is, and then you'd be dead. Yeah, exactly. Not in this game. You actually fell off and you fell into a completely different part of the zone um, that you could not have found any other way by accidentally falling off. That's this kind of game. Like there are all these secrets and exploration is really big um and every kingdom is huge like it's big enough that nintendo is actually putting checkpoints in uh which isn't necessarily new for for uh for mario games but they're also this is new they're also putting fast travel in which is new for mario so all that being said what have you guys seen and what do y'all think about mario odyssey i'll be honest i haven't seen anything about it uh i've missed kind of most of nintendo's stuff um outside of zelda metroid and you know things that we talked earlier uh but once again bring it on nintendo uh i love this idea of kind of moving away from the life based yeah system i think it worked really well in a side scroller um but I, for whatever reason, I have a disassociation with 3D, and it might be the fact that when we play things like Call of Duty or whatever, um, there's these infinite tries, and I wonder if the culture of today being able to just die infinitely has kind of some bearing on that. May you know, our, our attention spans are different. Um, I am definitely okay with co-op mode. Um, you know, I really love to have the ability to play games with my wife. Um, and, you know, it's hard for us to find games that we kind of both enjoy. We both like different things in video games, but we enjoy spending time together. But Super Mario is one of those things that we love. Like, both of us can yeah. just sit down for hours and play this. Um, and it's really fun. You know, uh, I'm curious if co-op is going to be just two-player. Uh, I think the when they really re-release super mario for the wii back in the day i think you could have up to four people yeah those games are really fun i've, yeah. I've got those like the new super mario brother wii everything matt hates about nintendo naming things basically <laughs> is in that title but it was really fun like you could play up to four people and you could sometimes jump on people's head and like send them to their death in holes which was kind of fun um anyways 
Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, I love and I love the idea of exploration. I think that's a great thing to teach kids is um, not just running around, but to explore and to take something that you know could be seen as a bad thing and make it positive. Because in real life, how often do we find ourselves in a position or a place that we don't want to be in? And it's easy for us to kind of give up from there. But I think yeah. this game, subliminally, whether they've intended this or not, can be a great way to uh, learn to kind of go with the flow and just uh, have a different attitude about it. Mm-hmm. It's deep, man. I like that. Oh, yeah. I um, The first thing I saw about it was last E3 when they showed it off a little bit. But they uh, all we really saw was Mario running around in a world that looked like ours. And I know for most people, including myself, I was just like, eh, okay. It felt like Sonic Adventure, which could be a good thing or a horrible thing. Yeah. Just depending on your perspective on that. But seeing this almost was like the Mario Rabbids reveal where it's just like all of those worries just were gone as soon as like it showed off everything because we just get like tons and tons and tons of information and like Nintendo doesn't like giving out a lot of information on their game so like I keep hearing people say like how big is this game going to be for us to have seen as much as we've seen because Nintendo doesn't like showing off everything they won't they like to show off just enough and then you kind of discover so I think it's I kind of want to compare it I kind of want to say this is the Mario equivalent of Mario getting the the breath of the wild treatment yeah, I think you're right. Um, on on the level the uh, the level of scale and newness of it. Um and let's be real, if I mean they knocked it out of the park with Breath of the Wild and I fully it makes me fully believe that this is going to be the next like huge Mario game. And I I love the concept of the hat. Like I, I remember in the old trailer we see the hat, the hat with the eyes and I was like, "What is this? Is this like the minish cap thing they did with Zelda or what is this?" <laughs> And then this, it starts out with the T-Rex, and he roars, and then he's got Mario's hat, and then we just see him literally throw the hat on any object and turn into it and be able to control it. And I was just like, that seems really fun. Almost kind of reminds me almost of the whole Kirby thing, of, of, yeah. of taking the powers or whatnot, but in, in a twisted, uh, or a, a Mario twist to it, I guess. So um, I'm down. I think it'll it'll be definitely worth getting and that that might be the game that comes out that like people go well two of the best games this year that came out were breath of the wild and mario odyssey and so i'm getting a switch so yeah that's kind of my hope so looking forward to seeing when it comes out what people say about it so yeah you know the developers um, even said that the reason they ended up going with like throwing the cap was because that was the funnest thing they could figure out to do and like that's nintendo's mentality and you see it throughout their games as they're like they just want the game to be fun. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, it sounds really dumb, like, when I just say it out loud. But, like, watching some gameplay and seeing it, it works. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what Nintendo had to show us this year. It looks great. I, I mean, we're all excited. We've talked to, for about an hour right now about all this stuff. So, you know, they definitely had a really strong showing this year. I think Nintendo's walking into a new era with the Switch. And we're going to see some really innovative and really cool fun great stuff so pretty exciting stuff oh yeah well so that concludes our e3 coverage it 
was a ton of information and overall i think a pretty good year for e3 i think nintendo definitely ends it off well and i'm I'm glad we actually especially looking at the time i'm glad we took the time just to spend with nintendo and that was really fun and enjoyable um to kind of end off our uh, this episode, uh, I just I, we, there's a couple things because E3's been over for a little while now, and so there's been clarification on some things and some new things that have come out, and there's a couple things that we just want to talk uh, touch on to close out. And so the the first thing that has um, kind of come out of E3 outside of all the conferences and stuff is Atari is making a console, and th- that's about all we know. But it's very interesting, and I know Tommy, you were you were really wanting to kind of you know talk about it or just speculate and see what what we all thought. So like, what was it you were saying about just this whole whole idea or what you're wanting for this? All right, so my prediction, uh, because we have no information. Literally, Atari just said, "Hey guys, uh, after twenty something years, we're going to drop a console someday." No pre-renderings, mm-hmm. no like, there's. No information, but I, I think we're going to get a handheld device, um, personally, and and I I base that off the idea that Atari has been around for so long since, um, and even though they haven't really put out, you know, obviously they haven't really put out a console in a long time, as we just said, they've been making things and kind of rehashing games for your mobile devices, um, and so I think. The smartest move in my thought would be to kind of continue that and to push things to an inexpensive mobile uh, gaming device, like gaming platform, and put some of these arcade games in your hand that you can take around and maybe even do something like the Switch where Mm -hmm. you can take it to a friend's house and then you each have a joystick and two buttons and duke it out or whatever I, th- I think there's a niche there that they can serve that nintendo can't uh oh, yeah. but i'll be disappointed personally if they try to enter in the like xbox sony playstation market because i mm-hmm. i don't foresee that going well you saying that almost makes me feel like i almost would think kind of hope they do something that's closer to like nintendo where we can almost separate Nintendo, because separate Nintendo's already kind of separated from the Sony and Microsoft thing. So, like, what if Atari comes in with the sole purpose of competing with Nintendo, and that it almost becomes a new niche of you've got the like big consoles of 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 Nintendo of Microsoft and Sony, but then you've got these other still still the same level but com- different takes on it, and then you've got Nintendo and Atari starts duking it out. Because you know competition is always good for the consumer and stuff. So like that that's that I think would be interesting. I do know that there um, there's a YouTube video apparently with when this was announced and it shows some plastic and it shows some like wood veneer kind of thing, which is like really reminiscent of the original console, the Atari twenty six hundred. But I don't think that necessarily means that it's not what you think, Tommy. Because that could just be a throwback to that the Atari twenty six hundred, and them just being like, "Yeah, that's right, we're coming out with something." Because that it shows that, and it shows the Atari logo, and then you know has the website for developers and stuff to go check it out and stuff. So like, do you think do you think it's that, or do you think it's like gonna be like the NES Classic that came out 
I guess this past year was that when that came out? Like you know, Nintendo releases mini yeah. NES preloaded. Do we think it's going to be something like that, <laughs> and then or stop making it? <laughs> yeah, which you know, there's rumors they're going to do a Super NES thing, but those things I mean, those things sold like hotcakes, and people still want them and can't get a hold of them. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think Atari could be riding that kind of nostalgia wave? Because that's that's popular right now across pop culture. This idea that nostalgia sells stuff. I don't know. I think it's. I think there's a good chance. It's fun to speculate because there's literally nothing other than we're coming out with something. And now, yeah. especially with Nintendo bl- blurring the lines between the word console and handheld mobile, yeah, I think it. There's just as likely to be what Tommy's saying to being a classic, like a a, a competition with. Uh, I, I'm with. I don't think it's gonna. They're gonna be compete trying to compete with Sony and Microsoft, but like. Yeah. I think it would be cool to see them try to compete with Nintendo in some, you know, unique niche way. Or it could be, like you said, the NES Classic. We could be seeing a Atari 2600 Classic or something with all the games from that. Because even Sega, Sega's just started rolling out their classic Genesis games on the Android, uh, yeah. on the Google Play and uh, Apple Store for free. Um, I downloaded Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one, on my phone this afternoon, and it's it's free with ads, or you can pay like a dollar to play the full game without ads, and that's super cool. And I think that's brilliant of them to do. To do I, it, those games still are fun to have. They're still not quite as fun on like a phone as it is when you have an actual controller and playing it on a TV. But yeah. like, that's a good example of these old school. Uh, an old school king of video games, you know, pulling out the nostalgia, uh, you know, playing on that nostalgic vibe that we've we're riding these days. I'll say this though: if they do come out with a console, kind of like Nintendo did, they better not do this short release crap where <laughs> uh, they just drive up demand and create a super high resale value because there are so few of them out in the wild. Um, I really oh, yeah. wanted an, the SNES Classic or whatever it was called, uh, and there's no way I'll be able to get my hands on one unless I want to pay mm-hmm. exuberant amounts of money. Because they they did it and they were like, people aren't going to be interested in that, and people were like, that's amazing, and then they they just stopped making it because like demand was high and they just stopped making it. And they are doing a Super NES Classic, the same thing but with Super NES, but like that's different. What if you want just the classic one they stopped making yeah. it you're not going to be able to find it unless you find it on ebay for way too much but but that's you know it's cool i'm all for these old old school guys trying to jump back in and do stuff let's do it let's see what they got and it's going to be really fun in the next how year to who knows when this is actually coming out to speculate and just talk about stuff and they could say like one word and we could be back here like later on in the year going, oh, they said, they said, get ready to go anywhere and be like, oh, Tommy was right. What could it be? Or it could be, you know, we might not know anything about it, but it's fun to speculate. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens. Um, the other thing that, uh, part of this is clarification. Part of it is interesting and worth discussing, but, um, we, uh, back when we were talking about the Microsoft conference we talked about um, Minecraft being crossplay 
and I said, you know, it's on, you know, PC, it's on the phones, it's on the Apple store and all and tablets and everything, and it's on consoles. And uh, Drew or Tommy, one of y'all had said that it was on PlayStation, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. So yeah, it's on. It's crossplay for PlayStation Two. Turns out it's not crossplay for PlayStation. It is crossplay for everything but PlayStation. And so the same thing has happened with um, Rocket League. Rocket League is now coming out on the Switch, which means it is on all the consoles, PC, and Switch. And they're not doing they're doing crossplay with everything from Sony. And so last year, Microsoft came out with a big, big like bold statement, basically saying, you know, we're ready, we're open to, and 100% down with doing crossplay. And we've seen that a lot with. Uh, crossplay between and, and just connecting between um, Microsoft, the Xbox, and the Windows PCs and stuff. And that's easy for them to do because it's Microsoft. But they basically opened it up to everyone. And it was really, I remember when it happened, like a lot of people were like, this is kind of big for, for Xbox. You know, they're coming out and being like, yeah, we, we want to do this. And so everybody kind of looked at Sony. And Sony just kind of, at the time, this was last year, Sony just kind of was like, yeah, it's up to the third-party developers if they want to do that. So, like, they didn't really address it at all, and it was kind of weird, and then nothing's really been said about that. So when this comes out, people start asking, obviously, because if these two games are coming out cross-play with everything, why is Sony being left out? And so uh, they talked to Sony, and there's a bunch of different things that were said. Um, part of it was Sony saying that, you know, it would take a lot of work, which was interesting because the the makers of um, Rocket League, I think the company is called Psionic, and yeah, spelled Psionics, like a P Y right? or something. They basically said after Sony said, you know, it would be way too hard or, or it would take a lot of time. They basically came out and said, if Sony gave us the go ahead, we could have it running in an hour. And so that just kind of made Sony look really bad. And then so Sony also said that. Um, because of uh, part of it, and I think the bigger factor is the the um, the people in charge, the the um, the guys up top, up top, they they don't want they don't want it to happen. They haven't approved it. So like, you know, from the infrastructure, they can't do it because the people who make the big decisions like that have basically said no, which I understand because right now Sony is dominating the market. They're they're selling the most consoles they've got some of the best games coming out the last few years and they're outselling everything right now and they still are so i can understand it's understandable from a business perspective of you know wanting to stay on top but it makes no sense from a gaming perspective and giving the gamers what we want but that that's i think where it really comes down to it but that's not what what sony only said they also basically were talking about minecraft and saying that Minecraft is a younger audience, which it is. If you've ever been on YouTube, you know that it is a much younger audience. And they basically said that through crossplay, they wouldn't be able to protect their uh, their gamers and stuff, which people have not taken a liking to that because one, they've said, well, Nintendo's all for it, and Nintendo's extra protective of all of their gamers because it is such a young demographic. So that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I know Phil Spencer came out and responded to it, and I, I don't have the quote from him, but he, he came out at a very political politically correct and, you know, kind response by also basically basically, you know, in a way of saying, you know, 
that's not cool the what y'all said because it, it, it did seem very targeted towards like microsoft and nintendo and stuff because they're they basically were saying you know we can't protect our gamers with like they can or what they, they don't really think about protecting them and which i think is also kind of um silly for sony to say because um sony's been hacked twice and lost lots and lots of credit cards and stuff so like you know it's interesting that they're like yo those other yeah those other studios and stuff they can't they're not protecting their gamers as well it it was it it was very silly and it didn't look good for sony and it was really i just thought it was really really interesting and that that's the gist of the sony hates crossplay is what i kind of titled this whole little talk about but um It'll happen eventually, especially, you know, if it's negative and stuff, if, if anything happens. I think they will eventually come out. But it kind of sinks that a, the, the, the one of the big three is really pushing against crossplay, especially this year at E3 when at the very beginning we talked about how much we wanted crossplay and we got two games that almost got it all the way across with Minecraft and Rocket League. And so it feels, it feels like real good steps forward towards that and to me this just feels like a step like two steps forward and one step back and it kind of bums me out but that that's the whole thing with sony and crossplay and yeah thoughts on that tommy drew i just think it's dumb i mean it's very anti-consumeristic it looks bad on sony's part um it it's kind of and don't get me wrong i mean i understand I understand Sony's hesitation, but the the reality of it is is that I feel like Microsoft and even Nintendo are kind of setting themselves up for the future, and Sony's just kind of betting on what everybody wants right now, which I don't don't think ends up translating long term. Um, and I just think crossplay is going to happen. Like I think eventually we're going to get to a place that everything's going to be crossplay. And I think one of the reasons Microsoft's leaning into it is they don't have anything to fear from it. I mean, they're looking at let's just say you know the Switch, the and I know the market isn't exactly divided up, but let's just say there's four players. You've got the PC, the Xbox, the Switch, and the PS4. Okay, Microsoft has control over two of those four right there. So. It doesn't hurt them, so I understand why they're like, let's do it. And I also understand why Sony's not doing it. But at the same time, you know, blaming Nintendo and Microsoft for kind of hinting at they don't take people's security and, and, and their, like, networks and the protection of people um, as serious as they do kind of comes kind of hollow when they've had these incidents where they've lost credit cards. And, you know, it just it doesn't seem like I mean, it's funny to see the fanboys online trying to defend Sony's decision to do that. And like, it's just anti-consumerist. I don't think that's wise. It does. It hurts gamers more than it does anything else. And I just think it's dumb. It's dumb, Sony. Mm-hmm. Change it. All right. What do you think, Tommy? Uh, it makes me think of five people who are building these giant sandcastles on the beach. And they have this idea like, hey, let's make bridges and trenches and things that connect our sandcastles in some way. They're like, Sony, you want to come over here and join this? And they're like, no, don't touch my sandcastle. <laughs> I'm going to keep it by the corner. <laughs> and, yeah, they can do that if they want. And, you know, people will still enjoy their sandcastle. But there's something about inclusivity. And, I mean, gaming is all about your friends it's all about this social connection and you are literally abandoning a social connection 
by being selfish. And that's all I can think that it is. It's selfishness. It is a, we care more about our bottom dollar than we care about our customers and these consumers kind of getting what they want. I just want to play with my friends. I own so many freaking consoles because I have, you know, you guys are my Xbox buddies, but my little sister and my family are PlayStation, so I have to either buy two games or I have to decide which group of friends I'm going to play with per game, which I think mm -hmm. is freaking stupid. Heck, charge me a little bit more for the games or for the console or whatever. I mean, if if they're so afraid of the bottom dollar, raise the price, I will pay a little bit more to unlock that feature. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was very well put, Tommy. Sandcastles, um, man. Sandcastles, man. Sandcastles. But it's, it's, it's one of these things, like, it will happen eventually. We just want it now, and it's like a slow process getting these big corporations to change. Um but it's here's the thing it's not going to hurt sony in the long run or even the short run i don't think um it's not that big of a deal where it's going to really make any cause any effect of sony um but it's one of those things like i i'm like i've seriously considered getting a playstation you know it's it's hard when you know you have finances and stuff but like there's these games especially the last this past year and then this coming year that i really want to play that's on PlayStation and stuff, but there's always been something about Sony, and I know I'm in the minority of this, especially with with some of my good friends are huge um, Sony fanboys, and there's just always been something about Sony and PlayStation that's rubbed me a little wrong. And when little things like this happen, it makes me it makes me a little more hesitant. Even though like like last week and even now, I really want a PlayStation Four because I want to play that new Spider Man game. And I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn, and I want to play the new God of War, and this is the, the like I seriously think that you know when Black Friday comes around, I might be looking at one, but you know, it's just it's just tricky when stuff like this comes out that makes me go, I don't know if I want to give them the, my money, even though they have these great games and stuff. But like I said, it's not going to affect them in the short run or the long run, and you know, eventually I'll probably have all consoles and kidness. That's kind of blows my mind how much money that's going to be, but. You know, video games are fun, but it's not a cheap hobby. So, especially when there's lots of games and lots of friends on lots of different consoles and stuff. So, um, yeah. So those those are the two biggest things we wanted to talk about. Um, just short, quickly to close out. I wanted to. Um, I didn't. I didn't prep Tommy or Drew on this, but just whatever the first thing that comes in your mind. If you had to pick one game from all of E3 that if you could get tomorrow and play. What would be the one game that you were most excited about that you want the most? Anthem. Anthem. Tommy says Anthem. So that's the game out of all of E3 you were like, that's the one I want to play the most right that now. That is the one I want to play. All right. Cool. Good choice. I was really impressed with Anthem. What about you, Drew? I'm going to go Super Mario Odyssey, man. Like, I, it just looked like so much fun. Um, and I know we just got done talking about Nintendo for almost an hour. Um and uh but it i would love to play super mario odyssey and i'm glad it's coming out this year that's another exciting thing like it was the most interesting thing at e3 for me this year um mm -hmm. that and sea of thieves is very close but i think i'd end up with mario yeah i think 
I'm with you close with the whole Sea of Thieves just because it looks so fun. I showed it to my best friend Russell as we've been talking about wanting, trying to find a good game for us to co-op and start playing online again. And I showed him that, and it looks really fun. But I still think I'm stuck on the this new Spider-Man. It just I, I, I'm really hopeful for it, and I'm trying not to get hyped for it, which is actually kind of easy since I can't play it right now. Because, you know, no PlayStation. It's not out. But, and, you know, it's not out. It gives me time to save up for one. But um, it's just... It, you know, it harpens back to those few good Spider-Man games I remember when I was younger. So I'm excited about that. So, well, there you go. That's uh, that was E3, and whew, it's kind of exhausting to think about all that we went through. Um, next episode, we are going to do something uh, to give us a break from video games. So we're probably yeah. going to be talking about some movies or some another list or something. So definitely check that out uh, next time and. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you next time. This is the Valkyrie Cast.